Hello and welcome to another podcast. I'm making two today. That is right back to back podcasts. Um, this one's gonna be about the NFL. Something I haven't talked about in a while because the NFL has been gone for a while. Um, but it's finally back. Um, and some great games the first two weeks. I'm mainly gonna be talking about week two today, but I'm gonna be going over each game and kind of my main takeaways from each game um, that was played on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, so, first, uh, I'll start with the uh, Thursday night football game, Bengals-Browns. Um, and this game was all about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had a pretty good game. He had some sloppy, you know, plays. Um, but eventually, the Bengals scored 30 points. Um, and Burrow looked good. You know, he he definitely, like, like rookies have looked worse in their uh, beginning of their careers. Cough, cough, Sam Darnold. Cough, cough, shot, frozen. So, you know, definitely, um, you know, they've seen worse. But eventually, Baker did win the battle of the number one picks. Uh, Browns looked so much better in this game than the first week. They looked awful week one against the Ravens. They looked a lot better here. Um, their defense is still really disappointing. I was actually a little bit high on them coming into the season. I'm not afraid to admit that, but they have really, really struggled. Um, they've given up. They gave up 38 points in week one and now 30 points in week two. So definitely they've got to tighten that up. Um, The next game I'm going to be talking about is actually the last game that was played on Sunday because this is the game of the week. And this is, this is, I have some, I have some pretty big thoughts about this game. Um, It basically was the Seahawks, Patriots, Sunday night football um, game of the year so far uh, through the two weeks. Um, Russell Wilson, he's going to be the MVP. It's just gonna happen. I was originally kind of high on Saquon Barkley if you watched two podcasts about, um, but obviously he tore his ACL, which is really sad. Um, But my new MVP is now Russell Wilson. I've said that he's going to win an MVP basically for years now. Um, The fact that he's never received a vote is embarrassing. Um, But this year, I'm really, he's in the middle of his, this is the highest, I think this is the best season of his career right now. This is the peak. I think this is the peak of his prime. Um, and, like, not to sound negative, but I think it's only going to go down from here. Like, I, I like Russell Wilson, but I don't think he's ever going to be as in good shape and in good, you know, like, this is his prime, if you know what I mean. So, Russell Wilson threw five touchdowns. He has um, nine touchdowns and 11 completions this year. This whole year. This whole year. He's nine touchdowns and 11 completions. One of the incompletions was a drop that was thrown right to DK Metcalf. Another one, which was his only interception this year, was a ball that was thrown about six yards right to Greg Olson's hands. It was one of the first plays of the Patriots game, if you didn't watch it. Um, Threw about six yards right off his hands for a pick six. It totally wasn't his fault. It's about as not your fault interception that you can get. It was... You know, but if he if those two don't happen, if those two easy drops don't happen, he has the same amount of touchdowns as incompletions. Um, so it's been a crazy year so far for him. Um, Seahawks offense was great though. He, like I said, he threw five touchdown passes. Um, he accounted for all of their points. Um, if you count extra points, um, the defense for the Seahawks definitely struggled. They could not stop that Cam Newton running. The entire game they just couldn't stop it they literally couldn't i think the only time they stopped it was on a two-point conversion 
um, because he tried to wrap the middle that time, and they were ready for that. But every other time, he ran left. He kept running left and left and left and left and left, and they couldn't stop it. And no matter what they did, and um, they also passed one time. They fooled, one time the Seahawks sold out. They were like, all right, this time we're gonna sell out for it. And then they fooled them with a pass um, that like faked that and then passed, and they got a touchdown to that. So they really, every time it got to the goal line, it was basically a guaranteed touchdown. Um, so foreshadowing. Um, and then, you know, basically that's what happens. The Seahawks completely blew this. Now there is one thing I want to talk about. I have two things I want to say, and I hate the media and I hate people who watch football who think this, okay? And it drives me crazy. There are two types of people after this game. Sometimes people believe both of these opinions, which I think are both absolutely blasphemous. Blasphemous. So there's the first one, which is, um, oh, because th- basically what happened was the Seahawks got to third down and one, and they just needed a first down, and they would have drained a lot of the clock. Not all of it, but they would have pretty much had the game, barring like some really huge plays by the Patriots. So, you know, basically everyone was like, okay, run the ball here. So what they do is they throw deep, okay? So a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, the Seahawks threw deep on third and one. And there's one thing I wanna say is, can you stop, I'm talking to the media, can you stop comparing every single Seahawks play to the goal line interception from the Super Bowl like six years ago? Seriously, Rich Eisen, who I actually respect, came out and was like, Oh, and here I thought the Seahawks were done passing when only a one-yard run would do. Like, stop stretching it. That was not near the goal line. Like, seriously, it is so annoying that they try and stretch everything to make it like, oh, I thought the Seahawks were done passing when they could run the ball. Like, no. It was third and one, and they threw deep to Tyler Lockett. Here's why I understand that play. First of all, everyone loves that play when they do it and it succeeds. You want proof? Okay, 2018 November, Carolina Panthers um, against the Seattle Seahawks. It's fourth down and one, and um, it was late in the game. The Seahawks were losing. Russell Wilson throws deep down the sideline uh, to a heavily covered um, David Moore, and he catches it for the touchdown. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, what a gutsy call there. You want more proof? Okay, well, um, wild card game. Eagle Seahawks last year, same thing. It was actually a very similar situation. The Seahawks just needed a first down, and it was third and short. They threw deep to a heavily double-covered DK Metcalf. He catches it. Everyone's like, what a call. That just won the game. Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it, it happens so much. Um, I, there's more examples. <laughs> I'm losing, but I know that there are more examples than that. But those are just two that like that happens and people are like what a play call like by Pete Carroll but then the one time that it doesn't work it's like people freak out and say they should have ran the ball people are going to second guess all the time and that is what really gets to me is like you know Russell Wilson is the best deep ball thrower in the entire NFL he's one of the best of all time he's the best deep ball thrower in the entire NFL and Tyler Lockett is not only his best receiver Um, and a great deep ball threat and route runner, but he's also insanely good, one of the best receivers in the NFL at drawing penalties. And honestly, he almost did. Like, that could have been called pass interference. 
Um, so he was actually asking for the penalty when it happened. So you're putting a guy who's so great at drawing penalties, a great route runner and deep ball threat, with the best deep ball thrower in the league, and they've had it um, for success many times in the past, and you're going to tell me that they should have run the ball. Yes, I would. I'm not saying that they like shouldn't have. I'm not saying like that, like they should have definitely. No, no, no. I mean, running the ball was definitely a viable option. But don't act like they haven't done that in the past. Oh, oh, here's the other example I had. Um, week one this year, when the Seahawks played the Falcons, it was fourth and I think like two. And uh, Russell Wilson threw deep down the left sideline to a covered DK Metcalf. He catches the ball, it's a touchdown. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, Pete Carroll is so great. So don't bash him. If you're going to support it when that happens, then you should support it when it doesn't work. Like the one time out of like the five times they've done it in the past two years. So that is my thing about that. Then the other thing, which is the most ironic thing I have ever heard, it is absolutely hilarious, is that when the Seahawks got down, I mean, when the, so they ended up giving it back to the Patriots, right? Patriots drive all the way down the field, obviously, and basically it gets to the one yard line with two seconds left. Take a timeout, okay. So everyone's discussing what plays they're gonna do, okay? Now, what is the one play that has worked for the Patriots the entire game? The cam runs to the left. The one time it didn't succeed, he ran straight up. And then, like, also, they can't sell out to the left because last time they did that, Cam passed, and he tricked them and scored a touchdown. So they're basically on their heels at this point. They don't know what to expect. So the clear play there was to run it, and everyone before it was all, everyone was like, they need to run the ball here with Cam. It's worked the entire game, so like they have to do it, right? That makes sense, I support that logic. So then he doesn't get it, the Seahawks sell out, and they run right into it. Some incredible plays on the left side. They only needed one yard. Um, Cam dives, he gets flipped over, Seahawks win. But now people are like, they should have passed. You're really gonna say, after six years of saying, why didn't the Seahawks run the ball at the one yard line? That was so dumb. Like, it, that Marshawn Lynch always got in at the one. Well, you know who else always got in at the one? Cam Chancellor. I mean, not Cam Chancellor, <laughs> Cam Newton. He always got in at the one yard line. So stop acting like, oh my gosh. Like, and you're really gonna say, oh, they should have passed after you told the Seahawks they should have run. I mean, second guessers are the biggest pet peeve of mine. If you're going to support something, then support it even when it fails. So don't second guess everything and act like you, like you know what's best, okay? Because at the time, everyone who was watching the game knew that it was going to be a cam run and it had worked the entire game. So that is what I have to say about that because I think it's hilarious that people said that they should have passed. Even Stephen A. Smith, who I like Stephen A. Smith, but he was like, oh, they should have passed, um, which is the dumbest thing ever um, because he was the one, he was like one of the biggest people who was like, oh, the Seahawks should have run. You can't just say the play that didn't work was bad just because it's a similar thing to the whole passing on third and one, but that's my thoughts on that. And, and also, Rich Eisen said that it should have passed. I'm like, didn't you just say that the Seahawks were dumb for running on a down, uh, or for, I mean, for passing on a down that they could have easily gotten with a run? Didn't you just say that? So, like, <laughs> where's your logic? Like, what, I mean, <laughs> that is the dumbest thing ever. Anyway, it was a great game, though. Just people, the media is just so annoying when it comes to that. They always want to have to second guess and act like they're the smartest people in the world. Um, 
that's really annoying. One of my least favorite things about sports journalists. Um, that's my mini rant there. So kind of a long talk about the game, but it was the game of the year so far of the first two weeks and definitely will be up there at the end of the season. And there were some huge plays in that game. So overall great game. Russell Wilson's going to be MVP. Next game, Giants-Bears. Now the um, Mitchell Trubisky's 2-0. Go watch my podcast with uh, my dad, my uncle, um, the master. Um, basically, you know, we talked about, I, I talked about how Mitchell Trubisky was going to be, you know, he was going to lead the Bears to some success this year. He's not playing perfect, but the Bears are 2-0, so I'm just saying. Now, they did get off to a 17-0 lead. Saquon Barkley did get injured, and then, you know, they ended up only winning 17-30. The Bears are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, I think the Bears are going to go, I think they're going to go at least have a winning record. I could see them going 9-7 and seven, um, this year. I think 9-7 and seven is a realistic record for them. That's what I said at the beginning of the season. Now they're 2-0, so... I'm happy with them. They seem to have the ability to win games late, and their defense is really, really, really good. Definitely the strength of the team. Um, so, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't talk about the Falcons-Cowboys game yet. All right, I can't, I can't do that. I'm gonna skip over that one for now. If you don't know what game that is, please stick around because that is the most hilarious game ever. Um, then there's Lions-Packers. The Packers are surprising me this year. I'm not even gonna lie. Okay, I am someone who has no shame in being a Packers hater. I do not like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the most overrated quarterback um, in the NFL. I think that he's definitely far from top five um, in the NFL right now. Um, I do not like the Packers at all, but hey, you gotta hand it to them. Their offense is electric right now. 42 points in um, week two, and in week one, they scored 43. And you just can't deny that's amazing. So. I have to hand it to them for that, okay? That is good. I don't know where they're going to go with this. I wasn't really expecting them to do anything huge this year. But, I mean, their defense has room for improvement, especially in the, like, they've given up a lot of points late. But their offense is just so good right now, even without Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was the star of week one. Week two, he had some hamstring issues and barely played. So, honestly, like, right now, the Packers are looking really, really good. Um, and the running back, Aaron Jones, is... Incredible. I'm not going to give all the credit to Rodgers. <laughs> you know I can't do that. Um, then there was uh, Jaguars-Titans. Hey, um, Ryan Tannehill is legit. All right, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's not bad. I mean, we saw a glimpse of him being really, really good at, at in the playoffs last year against Lamar Jackson. And, you know, now the, the Titans almost choked this game away. They did lead 30-17. to 17. Um, in the fourth quarter, they ended up winning 33-30, but I have to hand it to them, you know, they're actually a pretty good team, uh, Steven Goskowski had a little bit of a better game this year, he ended up kicking the game winner, he did miss an extra point, but Steven Goskowski, if you don't know, was kicker for the Patriots, kind of struggling as of late, and had an awful week one that most kickers would get fired after, he missed like four field goals, but actually this year, I mean, uh, this game, he did well, and his coach, um, Vrabel, says that he believes in him, so that's a little side note on kicking. Ended up kicking the game-winning field goal, so happy ending for them. Um, but yeah, Titans 33, Jaguars 30. I don't know how I feel about the Jaguars this year. I mean, maybe about the Bears. I th- I th- it's hard to see the Jaguars as a winning team this year. We'll see. I still feel like they never should have let go of Blake Bortles, um, but that's my opinion. Uh, but yeah, so Jaguars, um, I'm a little bit iffy on them, but I don't think they're going to do anything great this year. 
Um, Titans, though, they could surprise. I always feel like the Titans, you ne- they're never out of it, in my opinion. Um, Vikings, Colts, 28-11. to Now, the Colts in week one had zero punts the entire game and lost, which is hilarious. Um, but this game was less about the Vikings and more about Kirk Cousins and, I mean, less about the Colts and more, uh, more about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Kirk Cousins... I have never regretted a take more in my entire life than saying that Kirk Cousins was going to be, was going to have his best year this year. Never, never. I, I love Kirk Cousins. I'm very high on him, but oh my gosh, he is having the worst year ever this year. I mean, in this game, so he struggled against the Packers, had a little bit of success late in the game in garbage time, but in this game, 11 for 26. 113 yards, zero touchdowns, and three picks. I mean, Cousins is looking awful out there. He is looking so bad. So they have to fix that. Whatever's going on in Minnesota right now, they are the most disappointing team um, in the NFL by far. And I was actually feeling pretty good about them coming into the season. Not ashamed to admit that. But so far this year, they have really, really struggled. Next up is Bills, Dolphins. Josh Allen, like I said with Ryan Tannehill, is legit. I mean, Josh Allen has an incredible arm. He has one of the most underrated arms. I mean, he has as good an arm as Patrick Mahomes. Um, he has a great arm. Um, this game was a little bit looks too close. This game was never really that close, in my opinion. Um, I thought that it was more of a blowout than it looks. Um, but, you know, Allen made some great plays near the end, uh, basically throughout the whole thing, and Bills are 2-0. and Now, the Bills were 2-0 and last year, so I'm not going to, you know, say anything huge just yet, but the Bills are 2-0 and this year, and, I mean, they challenged the Patriots last year. Patriots are now 1-1. One one. Bills are leading the AFC East right now. I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that we could see a Bills AFC East champion um, this year. Um, on the Dolphins side, Fitzception is not working out. It might be time to head to um, Tua Tagovailoa. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it might be Tua time. Um, it might be Tua time. Um, then there's 49ers Jets. Now, this was the, the um, highly anticipated injury bowl. Um, basically, you know, we had tank bowls last year. Now we have injury bowls. Um, because, oh my gosh, this was basically watching two graveyards play each other, okay? Like, Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, basically every player in the 49ers was, like, tore their ACL. It was like an ACL fest. Um, so, it was pretty awful. The Jets also, don't forget about them, they had a ton of injuries, too. Um, basically, there were so many injuries, it just ruined the whole game, honestly. 49ers had a great game, they're 2-0, but... It, it's honestly doesn't even matter. It, 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 you know, I mean, this does, it probably feels like a loss for the Niners because it was. I mean, you're like winning one game in order to lose tons of games in the future. Um, I wouldn't have played their starters as much as they did. I understand that this is a little bit second-guessing. Um, I'm just saying, I'm not going to like hate on them for that, but they were playing the Jets, and they were blowing them out. And some players got injured late when it shouldn't have happened, when the players should be out of the game. Um, Rams-Eagles, 
listen, I I know that the Rams are 2-0, but their first game, well, they, so by the way, the Rams won 37-19, which looks like a lot more of a blowout than it was. It was a pretty close game the whole way through. Um, the Rams won week one by a awful call. Okay, an awful call. It was totally um, not pass interference um, on the Cowboys receiver that would have set them up for the game-winning touchdown or a game-tying field goal with just a few seconds left. Um, so that was an awful call that won them week one. And this week, they just didn't look great. I mean, they won, yeah. And I know I should be talking about the Eagles, but honestly, I'm sorry. Eagles were never expected to be great, but the Rams, I said that they're not going to be very good this year. And honestly, I continue to think that. I, yeah, they're 2-0. And if you want to say, oh, well, they're 2-0, they started 3-1 last year, okay, and ended up having an awful year. So don't act, yeah, the first two games, but the Rams normally crumble near the end of the season. And just because they had two lucky wins does not mean they're going to have a great season this year and make the playoffs. I still feel like they're going to miss the playoffs this year because of how great the NFC West is. The Cardinals, which I'll be talking about in a second, are incredible. Um, And the um, Seahawks obviously are incredible. Um, The 49ers are incredible. The Rams are the odd team out, in my opinion. They're the only mediocre team out of those. Um, so that's Rams 37, Eagles 19. Uh, Broncos Steelers. The Steelers, like in my opinion, like aren't totally there yet. Um, they're getting there, but not totally yet. Um, in my opinion, Steelers defense is still struggling a little bit. This was kind of a bland game. I think I didn't watch much of this game. I just think that the Steelers need a little bit better. Now, honestly, they lost. The Steelers won this game by five, 26-21. Drew Locke, though, got injured early in the game. And Drew Locke, I think if he's in this game, I think um, Broncos win this game. So I'm not totally high on the Steelers here because they kind of lucked out with that quarterback injury. Buccaneers, 31. Panthers, 17. Now this game, Tom Brady finally became Tom Brady in this game. In week one, it was just a little bit, like, um, you know, iffy. But this time, he finally got his first one as a Buccaneer. Um, honestly, like, the stats are a little bit deceiving. He didn't play that amazing. Um, he had one touchdown, one pick, 23 for 35, 217 yards. Um, but he did lead the offense well, and, uh, you know, I'll give him that. But the main story of this game, by far, is Leonard Fournette. Now, I've always been high on Leonard Fournette. Okay, I loved him with the Jaguars, and I don't even know what happened to him. Like, I, he never really was bad. I don't know why he just got, like, expelled from the NFL. But now he's back. Two touchdowns, 12 carries, 103 yards. Leonard Fournette is back, and he is hot. And I know that Tom Brady is always going to headline these games, but Fournette is the star right now. He's going to be a big, big piece in the Buccaneers' um in the Buccaneers team this year. And I think he's going to win them some games like he won this game. Uh, moving on, Washington Cardinals. Um, uh, it's funny that I say that because it sounds like I'm saying a college football team, the Washington Cardinals. But it's just because the Washington is literally called Washington now. Um, but anyway, the Washington football team versus the Cardinals. Now, Kyler Murray, I was not like, if you want to listen to that podcast, a certain person said that Kyler Murray was going to be the next Lamar Jackson. I was not on board with that, but he is actually pretty good. He's not like Lamar Jackson electric. His passing needs to be improved. 
but wow, he is fast, and he can really lead an offense down the field. Cardinals are 2-0. Like, here they come, honestly. The NFC West is insane. Um, Washington, they had one fluke win week one. Um, whatever, it's the Washington football team. I don't think there's much to say. Um, Chiefs Chargers. Now, the Chiefs did win this game, although they did not look amazing. I'm just being honest. Um, my main thing that I want to talk about is Justin Herbert. Now, Justin Herbert got, like, thrust into the game, like, right at game time. Just, like, right at game time, he just got thrust into the game, like, after the first play. He wasn't even planned to start. And he was pretty good. He led the offense down the field and basically set his team up for a win until they completely blew it with one minute to go. Um, I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor. He never really got a fair shot. So I would still start Tyrod, in my opinion, but... Herbert is definitely going to eventually become the starter, and that's great for him. 22 for 23, or 22 for 33, one touchdown, one pick, but 311 yards. Um, and they lost that game 23 to 20. They went to overtime, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, they could have, they should have made some big plays at the end that would have definitely won them the game. But I'm honestly happy with how the Chargers did, and Justin Herbert, I think, is the new, he's the new wave in the Chargers organization. Up next is uh, Ravens-Texans. Texans are so bad this year. It's Deshaun Watson. I remember last year people were comparing him to Russell Wilson. That is so laughable, and I said it was laughable then, and I say it's laughable now. Now, I've always liked Deshaun Watson. I've liked Deshaun Watson since Clemson, okay? I've always liked Deshaun Watson. Do not get me wrong, but... People are always so high on him, and honestly, I feel like he is just a glorified Dak Prescott, in my opinion. Honestly, and you can hate me for that, but I feel that way. I feel like he's had a good defense and some really re- some receivers that he used as crutches. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, like he could just throw to him whenever he wanted to, and I feel like he used him as a crutch a lot of times. And now this year, he's really struggled without him. Um, there were some awful trades made by Bill O'Brien in the offseason, and I think that they're finally starting to bite um, the Texans. Um, I really do. Um, I really do. So, Texans, I never thought they had a chance in this game. Both games have looked closer than they were. This one was 33-16. The last one, um, I forgot actually the score of the last one. It was, Oh, 20-34, which both games were just garbage time points. Deshaun Watson needs to improve. He really needs to improve because right now, Josh Allen is having a better season than him. Um, And that is embarrassing. Ravens, though, I don't think that they're as electric as last year, but, you know, they're 2-0. They've had some pretty convincing wins already this year. I think they're actually, and this is going to sound crazy, but I think they're actually underrated this year after being, like, the most overrated team ever last year. I think that they're underrated this year. Which is interesting. Not many people are talking about them. And they've won some pretty big games. Last game, Monday Night Football. This was a pretty big shocker. was Saints, Raiders. The Saints got off to like a pretty huge lead. And it was like, okay, yeah, the Saints are going to blow them out. This is just pretty textbook stuff. Everyone knew this was going to happen. The Raiders started to come back. And Drew Brees was had like Dak Prescott syndrome in this game. He could not throw a ball over 20 yards. Like he, he just couldn't. He, he could not. He could not throw a ball farther than 20 yards. He just kept throwing, like, five-yard dink and dunks to his running back, which uh, did not go well. I mean, Alvin Kamara, the running back, was the leading receiver in this game. That is pathetic. Um, 
And Derek Carr had a nice game. I mean, he's really coming back into contention. He was a great quarterback a few years ago. He had some pretty rough years recently, but you know, here he comes. So I'm I'm pretty high on Derek Carr and the Raiders all of a sudden two and zero. That's a little weird. Um, I'm not even gonna lie. Um, I do think that if this were at home, the Saints would have won, um, even without their huge home field advantage. Um, but but yeah, good game, good game by the Raiders. Oh, and there's one game I forgot. There's one game I've forgotten. I cannot forget this game because this was the most hilarious game of all time. The Falcons-Cowboys game. 40-39. to And the biggest choke maybe in the past. And I, I think it's the biggest choke like ever. I mean, seriously. It wasn't as big of a lead as 28-3. Okay. It wasn't one play that like blew everything. But this was just overall... The Falcons, according to ESPN, had a 99.99% chance to win this game with three minutes left to go. I mean, oh no, no, actually with even two minutes and 30 seconds left to go. I mean, what happened? I mean, what happened? What happened was the Cowboys were absolutely awful um, for most of the game. Um, so they get no credit for this game, I'm just being honest. This is all on the Falcons. I'm not giving the Cowboys any credit here. Um, because you'll see why in the onside kick. Basically, two botched fake punts. Like, how does that even happen? Turn the ball over constantly. And then, at the end of the game, um, the Cowboys scored, got a two-point conversion to only be down by two. And then... Um, and then they uh, kicked an onside kick. That was probably the worst onside kick of all time. Onside kicks have like a 1% chance of working. And the Falcons just forgot the rules. The rules say that the kicking team cannot touch the ball until it goes 10 yards. But the receiving team can touch it whenever they want. So it just rolled and rolled and rolled. And the Cowboys weren't touching it because they couldn't. It would have been a penalty. And the Falcons, all they had to do was fall on the ball. And they literally did not. All they had to do was fall on the ball. It was so stupid. They let it go 10 yards, and the Cowboys player got it. Then drove down the field, kicked a game-winning field goal. That's got to be one of the worst losses in Falcons franchise history. I mean, good gosh. 40-39. So the Cowboys scraped by and somehow are now 1-1. They play the Seahawks next week um, in Seattle. Seahawks are here by four and a half. I'll make some game picks on Saturday, but I hope you enjoyed the two podcasts today. Um, These are my thoughts on the NFL um, so far, what's been going on. So thank you guys so much for listening and have a great day.